Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today we got Jason Lee back on the podcast. We did one FaceTime, Zoom type interview previously. But here we are in real life. I appreciate you for inviting me. I'm, I'm just uh, on the way over. I was like, what trouble am I getting in today? Really? Because every time I say something, it, people, people don't understand me. Really? No, they don't. Well, because you sort of walk around with a brain full of all kinds of crazy celebrity gossip, as you should. I guess it's kind of an imperative thing for your line of work. But I mean, you know, a lot of people don't really go out of their way to know about what's going on with celebrities. And this is just very clearly your hustle that you've found yourself in. Well, see, that's the thing. I just love celebrity culture. I've always loved it. From a kid, I love celebrity culture, pop culture. I had Word Up magazine on my wall. I've been at the Biggie concerts. I've been a fan of this shit. And then, you know, when I was looking at all the people that were making 90% of the deals I was bringing through and I was taking 10%, I'm like, nah, I'm going to get the 90%, but I'm also going to figure out how to own some type of IP in it. So it was more tech and then like, I'm going to get my money, but then I just put my personality on it and then just say crazy shit, you know, like you. Right. A little bit like me. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Um, that That's interesting though. You So for the people who don't know, let's do a brief uh, summary of, yeah. of how you exactly started uh, the whole Hollywood Unlocked thing. What, what, what was your goal in starting this? So, okay, this is how people think I'm fucking smart, but I am smart, but I'm like, I'm simple too, right? My idea of Hollywood Unlocked was I was going to unlock Hollywood. I was going to give a platform, you know, a trusted platform where celebrities can come and share their perspective or their point of view. You know, if TMZ writes something that's not true, which is a lot of the times, especially when it's with black people, I'm going to give them a platform where they can come in and say their point of view. And that's really what started. And I thought like, yo, celebrities are going to gravitate towards that. Um, then I got in the business and realized how naive I was and that, you know, uh, celebrities don't function that way. And they, these are packaged brands where they're selling a lot of shit that ain't real. And they want us all to keep promoting that. So once I got into it, and I saw what it was, especially getting on Love and Hip Hop with all these artists who were musicians, but nobody had a mic- had a song on the radio. I was like, you know what? Now, I'm going to just just say what I think. Mm-hmm. If I think it's hot, it's hot. If I think it's whack, it's whack. And it's just what I think. But I'm going to try to like quantify it by saying, here's why I think it's whack. Here's what I see. Um, and some people like it and some people don't. And I don't care. Because as you know, regardless if people like what we say or not, if they click it, watch it, share it, we get money. Right. But that's the the problem for you is that you could very easily sort of reveal Hollywood secrets that are going to destroy people's lives and cause insane controversy and commotion within their relationships and shit. And then I'm sure that you're very much in the know about the stuff that TMZ knows but doesn't post. Yeah. It doesn't go through with. And I'm sure you have those secrets as well. It's kind of the reality of just being in the media business mm-hmm. is that you're just going to know about things that you can't talk about publicly. 
Well, I mean, I can talk about it, but I think it's a constant negotiation of like, okay, am I going to share this and lose an opportunity to get that exclusive from them where I can bring it up, where I can, you know, finesse them out of sharing the information, or am I going to like kill off this relationship by putting something out? I mean, most people that know me personally, whether it's a Serena Williams or a Cardi B, they know they can trust me. Um, but they also know that at some point we have to either do an interview or you have to share some content or participate somehow where I can still grow and still put information out to my audience. But, you know, am I going to if I'm on a if I'm on a trip with somebody and I see something, am I going to put that out? Nah, they know private time is private time. But if something goes down and they know it's going to get out, they know I'm going to need to report it first. So you might as well participate in that process. And it always doesn't happen that way. There's people like, you know, there's people that just don't like me. You know, they don't like a story that I did. And so as a result of that, they think, oh, I'm not going to fuck with him. Well, guess what? You got to fuck with me because we write about you every day. Now you're just not involved in the fucking with me. So I'm going to keep fucking with you until you realize you got to fuck with me. But Okay, but that's the weird part is that you, as a guy who runs this website, you're saying that yeah. if you see blank famous athlete, uh, you know, rapper, whatever, you see him in the club, you see him with a girl that you know is not his wife, that does not fall under your jurisdiction oh, no, of things not, you want to talk not, about. Now see, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're public. We're in a public forum. Okay. I was in Dallas one time uh, on my book tour, and uh, Lou Williams was there. And I ain't gonna lie, I kept glancing over out the corner of my eye in the midst of sipping on my Ciroc to see what the fuck he was doing because I, I'm infatuated with Lou Williams. He's always fucking somebody or something, you know. And so uh, I I kept looking, but I couldn't see who he was with. Now, if I would have saw him there with somebody he wasn't supposed to be. I would have filmed it and I would have put it out. Now, if he was there with a transgender, I wouldn't do that because I don't out people. That's that's one boundary. So, like, I don't out people. But, I mean, and he's straight. But, you know, if he had a weekend off and he was interested in trying something new, I wouldn't put that out. We all have a trans week here and there. Well, I haven't. Ha oh, shit. I have had a trans experience. Fuck. Really? Yeah, it was it was against my will. I mean, not against my will. It was just like I got tricked. It was some fucking. It was some shady shit. Really? Yeah, it fucked me up for a long time too. Interesting. Yeah, it fucked you up. It fucked me up, and I was gay at the time. You know, I was gay at the time. Had a trans experience, and was fucked up as a result. You remember Stoney and set it off when she was scrubbing her face in the shower after she fucked him for that check. That's how I felt. You were. You <laughs> thought you were hooking up with another man. Yes, and then you had a surprise. Had a, had a whole. He pussy. had a surprise yes. vagina. Oh wow. my god, that was that was like, you know, when Christmas comes and you get a gift you don't want. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. <laughs> Holy shit, that's incredible. Yes. That's interesting though that you want out people because I was just reading this article about how like were you a, a fan of Gawker uh, during its heyday? Um, I I remember Gawker. I wasn't like in it like that, but yeah, I, I knew I knew about it. So basically, some of the guys from Gawker were working on a movie or a TV show about Gawker. Apple TV decides that they want to fund it, and they signed up. At a certain point, uh, Tim Cook realizes that. Apple is now basically in the business of like writing history about what Gawker was. And it's, it's very interesting because Gawker's public image has really kind of taken a hit over the years. Yeah. And like, they're just a lot of that stuff seems very different in modern times. Uh, but basically Apple shut it down. They said, we don't want anything to do with this. And in particular, Tim Cook, his gay identity was exposed by Gawker at a time when he wasn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't the CEO of Apple. Mm -hmm. And you definitely could have made the argument that he was kind of a private figure that maybe necess shouldn't necessarily have that put out there. And I mean, that that's one thing that it seems like the media as a whole has kind of agreed upon is that it's not their place to be stating who is 
gay in their private life. Yeah, and I'll just say that for me, it's less about what the collective is saying and just more of being a gay man who has met kids who have come up to me and says, yo, you're my role model. I see you out here fighting to get an MTV and fighting on Love and Hip Hop. Not literally fighting, that was before my past life, but you know, get you know, fighting in to get in rooms where we can be seen. And so I I just look at that and I remember when I first did Love and Hip Hop and the person that I was involved with was outed and, and and then running into those kids and then those kids telling me that their father used to beat the gay out of them. And I was just so emotionally connected to that moment that I just said, you know, I have to make sure as much as influence as I have over the culture with my little lane, I'm going to make sure as little as it is or big as it gets that like I at least am standing for something. So kids are off limits. Uh, outing people are off limits, but everything else for the most part is pretty much open. OK, so you can cheat. But it's, it's interesting, though. It just feels like that that being the one thing that people shouldn't be allowed to be exposed for. It does feel a little strange. Not that it's even something to be exposed for, because it is like we exist in a weird time as a society where anybody would want to be secretive about being gay. You'd mm -hmm. think that at some point within the next couple decades that's probably busted open right. literally and figuratively just tell, live out live out your truth but now cheating on your wife that's a whole different thing how many people are running around talking about hashtag protect black women okay protecting them is also not fucking around on them with another bitch right mm -hmm. like if you have a woman at home she's raising your kids but you ain't home and you leaving your kids there to be raised by a single black mother you didn't created a whole baby mama you're not a real nigga so at the end of the day if i'm the one that puts that out and ruined your house maybe your dick in that other vagina was the, what ruined your fucking house Right. You know what I mean? Like rappers paying these ugly bitches sixteen thousand dollars to fuck them. Like, what are you doing? You're what are you doing? <gasps> Let's rip that one open. The, no, the, put that in the cage. Did the, you see her? <laughs> I mean, sixteen thousand dollars. You know what I could do with sixteen thousand dollars? Right. It doesn't seem like a lot. Trash. I mean, it's like I haven't throwing heard it about pussy going to that kind of rate in a long time. Just, I mean, you can get it for the low out here right now. I had sixteen thousand dollars. Right. You you can rent me for sixteen thousand dollars. Any rapper out there looking for some love on the low, holla at me. I need sixteen grand right now. The vast majority of my life, I would have committed most sex acts for sixteen thousand dollars. I'd have did it for a good meal at Boa. I mean, I'm you know, I'm easy. <laughs> Boa. That's a, that doesn't occur to you that you should make your hustle like the Hollywood <laughs> fix guy, uh, just sort of like hanging out by by Boa every night, just sort of waiting to get a clip. No, I you know, I try to listen, as much as I'm seen as the bad guy, and get don't get me wrong, I love when people get all mad about shit I do. Like I look at it online, they're like, you fucking fag, I'm gonna kill you, you son of a bitch. I'm like, hey, if you can get to this house, get in this house and get out without getting killed, you come and get me. But I will tell you, as much dirt as they think I do, I really am behind the scenes too. Like, hey, you know, maybe this ain't a good look. You know what I mean? Maybe you should probably switch that up because there's no way I cannot talk about this if it keeps happening because mm. we've talked about it. You know, I get calls. Some celebrities be like, yo, I thought we were cool. I'm like, we are cool. Hollywood Unlocked has a different relationship with you than I do. Right. Jason Lee loves you, loves your music, loves your family. Hollywood Unlocked thinks you a no-shit nigga. So y'all got to figure out that relationship. Right. That's how I talk about it. Yeah. No, I respect that. Um, but, okay, $16,000. It's a lot. <laughs> I assume that the built-in, there's a, a component of that $16,000 that is her keeping her fucking mouth shut about it, right? Absolutely. Who... By the way, I did go back and see your Pornhub video. I didn't believe that you had done Pornhub. I was like, this motherfucker is crazy. And then Connor over here, he knows he knows all of your craziness. So of course, I had it. But anyway, congratulations. For, see you living your truth. Just had a baby, so. 
congratulations. That's the thing. You live in your truth, and that's why you're successful. That's why no matter what people say about you, you already put your shit out there. That's what I respect. Those are the people I could gravitate to and I could fuck with. I can't fuck with a package brand or, or like this fake image or whatever you're trying to create. I think that nowadays, first of all, you shouldn't pay $16,000 for no pussy or no dick. You, you overpaid. You At a certain point, if you overpay for something, that becomes news in and of itself. And right? she said Lil Baby had a huge dick. So if the and dick was good <laughs> and you paid $16,000 for it, nigga, your value, you're undervalued. I, I, know, I love the fact that he beat the fuck out of this pussy that apparently did an amazing job. She said it was the best dick that she ever got in her life. And she got $16,000. And, and she told. She it out. Baby. Lil Baby. The baby, too. Holla at a nigga. Like, I got, I mean, I'm not a pimp, but I got girls who will have fun with you. Whether you whether you paying sixteen racks or we just having a good trip, they ain't people ain't out here looking for that clout. But when you fuck around and stick your dick in a barracuda who just got free from their cage and found a way to get the bag in the middle of a pandemic, then this is what happens. Now we're talking about. I actually really like little baby. I hmm. never even wanted to talk about that story, but the dick is good and you pay money for pussy. You gotta get, you're gonna get talked about. But do you emphasize with his struggle that he's out here? He's super famous, having the best year of his life. He's got a he's high young. profile, uh, attractive girlfriend. Yeah. Apparently, she wasn't around that night. He wanted to get it in uh, and not get snitched on. So he pays the the high high price of sixteen thousand dollars. And I, I I mean, do you have any respect for? I mean. I think we can all agree that we respect his attempt at secrecy. Yeah. You just got to be careful with who you trust with yeah, this. Yeah, to any rapper or any singer out there, I will never respect your girl more than you do, right? Mm. And so, like, if you don't respect her enough to not cheat on her and get caught, you can't expect me as a person who runs a business talking about celebrity culture and celebrity life, whom of which you've become a celebrity and benefited a lot from it, and then created a celebrity relationship probably for benefit of brands or deals, you can't be mad that we sit back and lift the veil on a broken situation because you created that, right? You created that crack in your veil. So I, you create the crack and I see it, but now I'm not supposed to speak about it. I think there's also something to be said about celebrities who have like this ideal that we are supposed to uh, preserve their packaged images mm. um, like Doja Cat, right? I couldn't wait to put out that she was a fucking racist. I couldn't wait to put out that she was a, a, a bitch with a bad lineup. I couldn't wait to put up all the dumb shit that she did. And then she was calling everybody saying, I fucking hate him. Bitch, I'm a reflection of you. So this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. How are you mad at me? Right. What I do? All I did was say to my staff, Yo, that's pretty interesting. She's a black girl that doesn't like 4C hair. You should probably talk about that. Let's have a conversation. And then I'm the bad guy. But it's cool. I'm cool with that. Do you really feel like she's a racist? Because I, I dug into this as much as I could, and I'm well aware that I'm not necessarily the person who should be having the strongest opinion about this. But when I saw the thing that she said about the 4C hair, it felt like she was kind of making fun of herself for her hair being uh, whatever texture that it was. Mm -hmm. If I didn't walk away from it really feeling like she was a racist. But you're making it sound like you had that 
belief about her before even this stuff came out? No, before it, before it, well, before it, she was talking about, she was uh, using the F word. She was calling people faggots or she was using that. So there was that, you know, and when she was dressing up like a cow and everybody was on her titty, I didn't understand it because I don't listen to cow music. <laughs> but when she was using the F word as somebody that doesn't support that, I had an issue with that, but I didn't go in on her. She came on Wild and Out. We were on the same team together. Didn't, didn't interact with her much because, you know, she wasn't funny. But what I did say when she um, ended up doing the whole 4C hair thing and rolling around in the bed tantalizing white men saying, hey, nigger, and this and that, in the spirit of the Black Lives Matter movement, while there's so much activity going on around the country and around the world, I felt like maybe the timing was bad. Maybe somebody uh, put it out right at that time so it could have a bigger impact. But it just demonstrated that she really is ignorant. Um, and that she doesn't have people around her to say, girl, like, maybe you shouldn't do that. Or she has the arrogance to not give a fuck. But either way, she put it out for public consumption, and here we are. I'm not consuming Doja Cat anymore. I just feel like she has this sort of, like, edgy online uh, style of humor that maybe doesn't fall in line with this sort of average style of humor that is accepted by the sort of, I mean, maybe the average uh, viewer of your content. Um I felt like when you saw her in those uh, those video chat rooms with all these fucking white dudes and stuff, that was sort of informative about the type of shit that she thinks is funny. She's like very like sort of deep, ironic internet style of comedy that once you reach her level of celebrity is just never going to be accepted by the masses and they're just going to take everything that she joked around about in a very literal way. And uh, I don't know. I just I can't help but feel that through the whole Doja Cat thing that this is like a perfect example of society just wanting to build up a, a celebrity and then sort of tear her down as soon as they're done building her up. Yeah, that's the narrative that I heard. And you know, media we always get it. <clears throat> we always get attacked. Or people who have shows or point of views. We always get attacked when we have to talk about the obvious. But the fact of the matter is, is that she actually indulged in all that bad behavior, which she thought was funny. But when you're a celebrity and you do things that, say, a, nat a normal person would do, maybe you guys could do the same thing. But when you benefit millions and millions of dollars from the public and then you built a brand that you've sold these people on to buy into and then other things come out, you have to stand behind everything you've done and hope that it adds up to what they've invested in. And it's not my fault or your fault or TMZ. Why well, fuck TMZ? But it's not our fault as people who drive the culture in having points of view. Uh, that your jokes that you thought were funny that maybe a normal person could get away with didn't add up when people thought they invested in something else. It's sort of like if you invest in, if you if you wanted some french fries for McDonald's. When you go to McDonald's, if it don't have the right amount of salt on them, you want your money back because that ain't what you paid for. And, and that's the same thing. Do you think her career has taken like an actual hit or is it more of like a perceived online hit? I, yeah, I think that I think there was a bump in the road for sure that will always resurface if things happen. But she just did a deal with Pretty Little Things. My friends own Pretty Little Things. She did a million dollar deal with them. But that brand was just accused of slave labor in London. And so if you're somebody who's accused of racism or being a part or participating in racism, you probably shouldn't do a brand deal with a brand that's accused of uh, of a slave culture at their at their business and profiting off of uh, tax, uh, whatever the you know where they were uh, the COVID relief for their employees in their workshops. But that's again just caring about the money and consumerism, less about branding and like aligning your values with that. Rihanna's never going to do that. Rihanna is going to always align herself with what she believes in. And that's what makes her a superstar and why we'll always continue to buy into Rihanna.
Interesting. And Doja Cat will never be at a Rihanna level. I don't care how many cow suits she has. I don't give a fuck if she runs around or puts wings on and flies around like Batgirl. She will never be a Rihanna. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion will never be a Beyonce or she'll, she'll be, she's barely a Megan Thee Stallion. So, I mean, like these artists who are like striving to become greater than they are, than they believe they can be. It's like put the guns and the alcohol down and stop fucking niggas who are four foot two and then focus <laughs> on the music. You know what I mean? Right. OK, so the Meg thing, that's probably the biggest thing that has happened uh, since we last did our, uh, our last interview. Your perspective on not just what you believe happened in this scenario, which it seems like there's still some lack of closure on exactly what happened there, but also how the public fallout has been and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people are upset that uh, I was very vocal early on. You about, had issues with her before all of this. Well, I liked Megan this day, and let me be clear: I still like her as a as a woman. She's a nice, sweet girl. People think that I just hate her, like I don't like Doja Cat. Very different situation. Megan the Stallion is a very sweet girl. If you ever meet her, she's nice. She just. I think she just has a drinking problem. And when she drinks, she behaves differently. And it's been, and it, there's just so many examples now that have occurred since we last talked that show that she needs to probably take care of the drinking. I've criticized her on a personal level that after having connected her with Cardi and them, them developing a relationship that has become very profitable to her um, and has been a, a, probably the biggest musical experience she's had so far, besides collaborating with Beyonce, but Beyonce didn't tweet it out, so nobody really cared. Um, you know, the fact that she has not shown the same affection or inclusion in interviews and content as she has with, uh, with black media, as she has with uh, non-black media, I was the first one to call her out for it with Marie Claire. And everybody was like, oh, he's a fucking hater. He always attacks black women, all the narrative people have been saying. Then Charlemagne says it and everybody's like, oh, wait, why is Megan not talking to black press? I'm like, y'all had to wait till the Breakfast Club said it. Fine. You're just saying I don't have enough influence. But either way, bitches, I'm going to always tell you what I see. Because Hollywood Unlocked is lifting the veil of what's actually happening in Hollywood. And so I got I got criticized for that. People attacked me. But, you know, um, it's just the truth. And um, the truth will set you free. And in this case, it will free people from thinking that Megan is um, this glossy brand that they bought into. Before we even get further into this, I do think that there's like, and again, like I have always thought that Meg was dope. Like I've, I've always wanted to see her win and everything. But there is something sort of odd happening within her career where it feels like she's getting all this praise from all these non-hip-hop entities. And then... See, you're going you to start a problem up here. But then, then, she, I'm gonna, then I'm going to have trouble. But she's not necessarily getting the same level of enthusiasm from the rap fans. So when you're winning the American <laughs> Music Awards, when you're being involved in all this sort of like mainstream white media stuff... But then at the same time, hip hop is not necessarily feeling like they're getting exactly what they want from you. That creates a sort of uneasy dynamic where it becomes very easy to hate on you. And I, I worry that that sort of is the dynamic that is being allowed to unfold in her career, which it seems like she has enough people around her that should tell her you don't want this much mainstream press at a certain point. At a certain point, the slow buildup is more worthwhile. In this moment, I realized that Adam 22 is better than me. And that's because I just realized it's my delivery that makes people get distracted by the message. Because we just said the same thing. And, and that right there, what you just said, if people can just take that clip and loop it and loop it and loop it and DM it to, DM it to Megan The Stallion right now, please. Because that is the thing. I will never forget years ago. 
Queen Latifah, who I've been friends with for 27 years now. If you want to talk about hip hop, you want to talk about somebody who longevity, you want to talk about somebody who took the game, flipped the game, managed the game, uh, fucking changed the game. Like Queen Latifah is like a huge uh, blueprint for that. Okay, mm. um, she took hip hop, turned that into living single, turned that into uh, bringing down the house, turned that into jazz music, turned that into all types of things. And I think that goes back to the longevity. She one thing she told me when I started um, in this business was. Get your people first. Get your people mm -hmm. first and make sure that they are invested in you and be solid with them. And then take them on a journey with your career, but never forget them. Always include them. And then when you get that affection from mainstream media and all of that, you'll still be accepted by the culture. I never forgot that. And so that's why I haven't been out here trying to get in Vanity Fair. That's not my affection. And if I get there, cool. But if I keep doing the breakfast clubs and if I keep doing this and if I in the shade room keeps posting my art content, which they do and the neighborhood talks and the ball alerts. But, but we've also been in Vanity Fair. We've also been in Vogue. We've also had TMZ and different people pick us up. So I think with her, my criticism, if I have to strip away all the antics is that is just what you said. Like, focus on why you got in the game. Hip-hop. Build more build more uh, support from the hip-hop community. I think Nicki Minaj did a great job of that when she first came out. I think Cardi B did a great job when she did it. And if you go all the way back to Lil' Kim, Lil' Kim did it too with Junior Mafia, Locks, and all the people she collaborated with. That, I think, is missing. I think her sensationalism or her idea that... Um, mainstream affection is going to translate to a long lasting career and i just don't see it happening i think they built her up too fast in the mainstream uh, uh area without having that real strong solid hip-hop and, and culture support and what's going to happen is she's going to fall flat be super famous broke and irrelevant yeah uh <laughs> i was looking at apple music the other day and it decided to put in front of my face the albums that made meg the stallion a star and I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, no, that is not how this worked. Like her music didn't really make her a star. Right. And it's not that she's bad at making music, but I don't feel like her musical output. Like when I listened to her new album, that was the number one thing I thought was she she would be doing the best thing she could possibly do right now if she made an album that hip hop as a whole thought was the shit. Right. And it doesn't feel like she even really tried to do that. She made an album that sounds like it could maybe have some TikTok moments. I, I've been waiting. To, look, if you look at Invasion of Privacy, that yes. album was fucking amazing for hip hop. I'm not even saying women in hip hop. I mean, from she had she had so many diverse looks on there from Kalani to YG. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to compare women now. I'm trying to com compare bodies of music, right? They just happen to be women. Megan, that body, yada, yada, yada. That shit gives me a fucking headache. And honestly, I remember when Cardi had a meeting with her team and she was talking about her new album and, or her new, her new music. And she was very clear because people were saying, well, what about a TikTok song? She was like, I don't want to do a TikTok song. Mm -hmm. I don't want, that's not what I want to do. I want to do real music. Not to say that she was referencing Meg or anybody else because Meg's music hadn't even been out then. She was talking about her music. And that is why I fell in love with Cardi's music. Not because I was already in love with her, but her music, she could have put out a shit project that she could have just came up with a, you know, she's from the Instagram world. She could have came up with something real trendy for social media, but she came out with a body of music that I think is diamond now. I think mm. it sold 10 million records or something like something crazy. I remember when that shit came out, I said, as great as Nicki Minaj is, Nicki Minaj never made an album that would really like appeal to 
hip hop fans mm-hmm. the way that Invasion of Privacy did. Like that really laid her out as it like laid the groundwork, the blueprint for a long Cardi career. to be taken seriously as mm-hmm. a rapper. And that is exactly what I would love to see from Meg Thee Stallion yeah. at this point. And I just I, I don't understand like the the ideology like from Rock Nation or whatever that has sort of kept her from doing that. And Megan, if you're listening, because I'm sure people are saying this to you saying fuck this bitch, whatever you really do have star quality um, potential because you're sweet, you have a story, you come from a place where it's gonna resonate to women. You know, I think she 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 tried to ride this wave of I was shot by Tory Lanez for way too long and it drowned it out, people being able to see you for more than a victim. I mean, I know you wanna be seen as a victim and we still don't know what happened yet. This nigga's still in the country, you're still saying he shot you, he's saying you didn't. Kelsey's out here with booking information or email and a new song. Like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. But what I will say is, Signing up with Rock Nation and throwing Beyonce in the mix is not enough to make you a star that I give a fuck about forever. Mm-hmm. I love Beyonce and will love her forever. But that's because Beyonce has, she's given us amazing work for fucking years. No, no, no to, to dangerously in love to whatever the fuck I was. I listened to The Gift today while I was on the Stairmaster. So I just think of throwing a Beyonce in the mix. It isn't enough to get you going. You know, getting a Billboard Award doesn't stop the culture from criticizing how you move with white media and not black media. You know, uh, doing a song with um, Cardi B, as much as I love her, is not going to make me not have an opinion about you because Cardi don't run Hollywood Unlocked. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think it's one of those things where I think she's just hoping like roaches in some of our apartments, they're just going to go away if you turn off the lights. Nah, bitch, when you turn them on, we're going to be sitting right here. And I'm going to always be here and I'm going to always have an opinion. And so, and the other thing I would like to say, because sometimes her fans go that's why she's never coming on your show i'm gonna still have a show i'm still gonna talk about her on the show so it doesn't matter to me whether she comes or not because we're always gonna have an opinion um and i i wish her well i i hope that she makes better uh moves or hopefully she gets uh somebody who can like sit next to her and be like yo we got to go into the interviews that we know are going to be rough and just be transparent and try to find that connection that builds a bridge with this person that's going to talk about you every day instead of burning it down or thinking if you don't look that way, the motherfucker ain't on fire. Because it's on fire. Mm. It's on fire. If she had got a J-verse instead of Beyonce-verse in that moment, it might not have been as big on the charts, but I think it probably would have done more to make sure that she just literally like never goes away in terms of her hip hop relevance. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if she had put out an album that had, you know, I don't know, I don't, I'm not even gonna like throw the artist out there, but it just she could have definitely gone in that direction, and she chose not to, and that just sort of seems like short sighted to me. And in mm-hmm. the same way that I felt like Cardi has like a natural amount of uh, love in hip hop at this moment, that to an extent Nicki never got because Nicki never put out an album that felt that true to what she was doing every album felt like it had a whole lot of pop music on it specifically meant for ariana grande fans you know oh yeah the um Nicki minaj pink print tour i did go to that it was the worst concert i think i've been to and this isn't a dig to Nicki because like i'm happy she's married and has a baby and she seems happier and i want to squash whatever problems we ever had i've just publicly said i don't want no more smoke but i'm still going to be honest it was a very boring performance of a bunch of niggas running around in pink boat pink shit and then she was in pink the whole time I felt like fucking glitter was going to get thrown at me from fucking (laughs) pink unicorns and shit. So I don't, that wasn't who I wanted to see. I saw little Kim perform with Biggie and fucking puff. And the, I I mean, I'm getting excited right now. Junior mafia thinking about 30,000 people at summer jam with Biggie and little Kim just fucking killing hip hop. 
That's what I want to see from hip hop. I don't want to show up and your special guest is Miley Cyrus swinging across the fucking stage. Or you or you wearing, you know, a Versace, all this. Because, I mean, well, let me back up. You can wear Versace because Lil' Kim did that shit too. But you know what I mean? Like, right. if it's super pop, and I know that's what they believe they need to do in order to get the affection of big brand money and, and, uh, and uh, mass media. But, like, it really isn't if you're dope. Mm. No, I totally feel that. Um, okay, so you are probably somebody who's had all kinds of people feeding you narratives and storylines about exactly what happened that night with Mega Stallion. Um, what, what, what's your take on it? Like, what do you think hasn't been said publicly? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to I've talked to uh, Kelsey, and uh, she hasn't said much. She keeps hinting at wanting to do an interview. I told her to come and do the fucking interview already because at this point, you know, you're throwing out diss tracks, which doesn't make sense. Hard what songs. What I heard, I mean, what I heard is what I've said before on my show that she went to Kylie Jenner's house. They had filmed WAP that day. She on went. That day, to, that's okay. why Kylie Jenner was involved. They left there to go hang out. Um, her, Tori, Meg, uh, and the, the security guard, uh, they, they, well, they all ended up in the car. But when they got back to Kylie's house, an argument went down where, uh, I guess, Meg thought Tori was uh, flirting with Kylie. And Kylie put them out the house. They were going to stay in one of her extra rooms. And when they got in the car, I guess there was a lot that went on in the car where she ended up getting shot. Now, everybody has a different story. I heard Tori's trying to pin it on Kelsey. Kelsey's saying she had nothing to do with it. Meg saying Tori shot her. Tori saying it's a lie. I want Tori to be deported. I want Megan to be given a psychological eval plus a uh, the thing they put on your finger to see if you're lying. I need Kelsey to take the booking information out her Instagram and go back to doing what she was doing. The security guard didn't secure anybody, so he needs to be fired. And at this point, I fucking want them all to go away. I still don't understand why they were fucking. That's the other thing. Like, God damn. Mm. Like, do you know how much time we've consumed ourselves with this year with this shit? I know. And the fascinating thing about it to me, and I say this with <laughs> all due respect to Beg the Stallion, is that this situation has been handled so badly. Who's running? Who is running Rock Nation? Dez. Why are you allowing Jay Beyonce? Now here's where they all should have canceled the girl. And this is this is free fucking opinions, okay? The minute she received flowers from Beyonce and put the card on Instagram and let the world know that Beyonce was showing her that affection so that way Beyonce's beehive could feel sorry for her. And she did the same to Rihanna. I was like, yo, I fucking been shot. I didn't put a nigga on my Instagram. It went around then. But if it was, I wouldn't have put him out there. Yo, that nigga Leroy just sent me some flowers and said, congratulations on not getting shot. Like, what the fuck? That's not what shooting victims do. Shooting victims find, first of all, they got to deal with the trauma of being shot. They got to make sure the nigga that shot him went to jail like I did. I testified with my hand up and everything. That nigga shot me. That nigga drove. That nigga planned it. Then they go and find, if you're a public figure and have influence, they find a foundation to partner with to elevate the conversation about domestic violence. Why y'all not doing that at Rock Nation? Why? Cause y'all too busy on Marie Claire. <laughs> and see, that's people gonna say I'm being negative, but tell me where I'm fucking wrong. But she's just not supposed to be able to be the bad guy in this narrative. Like she's when you, the victim. If you're a female rapper who is fairly beloved and you get shot in the foot by a male rapper who's significantly less beloved, you're just not supposed to like this situation, the way it's supposed to play out, he should never be able to have so much public support as he has right now. But she took so long to put the information out there, and then she puts out this dingy ass, terrible diss record about him to start the fuck 
fucking album oh, but off. But before that, she went on Saturday Night Live and compared herself to Breonna Taylor. Now that fucking <laughs> shit pissed me off too. Did she compare herself to her or did she just mention that nobody should forget about Breonna Taylor? I'll leave you guys to decide in the comments. <laughs> I don't if, know. If somebody shot Rihanna, let's back up. I don't even want to open up a can of worms. Right. When Rihanna was a victim in a domestic situation, look how that played out versus how this is playing out. Right. Rihanna did one interview, two interviews. She did um, Oprah, and then she did, well, first she did Diane Sawyer, and then she did Oprah. Those were the only interviews she did where she talked openly about what happened. She said, I still have affection for him and I want the best for him. I'm working on me. She poured into her music. She elevated as a star. That's what a real domestic violence victim does. And I'm not saying this to people out there who are domestic violence victims, how you should handle your grief. But if you are marketing it or trying to profit off of it or trying to um, weaponize real domestic violence situations that millions of women are victim to and lots die from, I think that's really fucked up. I think it's fucked up to other women who are not believed that you would create an environment and a climate where in the midst of people being abused at higher rates during COVID that you would actually make victims eligible for being questioned. So it, really what she's doing is she's driving women's rights around domestic violence and fleeing bad situations. She's driving it back. But people aren't talking about that because she's going body yaddy 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 yaddy. Fuck out of here with that shit. Do you feel like you actually face like repercussions from having these opinions about her? Because when people say, "Don't say these things about her," because then you're never going to get her on the show. It's like, why the fuck would you want to have? Oh, fuck why it. would you want to have somebody on the show if you weren't able to be at least mostly honest about how you feel about her? Right. I the shout out to Amber Rose. I know she was here on your show. We posted it. Um, right. She fucking she gives good talk. I criticized Amber Rose a couple years ago, like on my show, like about her slut walk and not really knowing the brand and this and that. She fucking came on my show, pulled up, had her shades on. She said, you got as much time as you need. I cleared my whole day for this shit. Turn on the cameras. That's what I fucking respect. That's why to this day I fuck with Amber Rose and she's one of the realest because you can't avoid these conversations. Right. Had me and Megan talked by now on my show, I'd be here probably saying the same shit, but at least with different color. Like I have, I talked to her, this is what she said, this is where I identify, but like right now, there's a lot of what I say about her is just me not really understanding her. Right, I mean. And how she moves. And that's why if you were managing someone like Megan Thee Stallion, like you wouldn't want to necessarily have her go on somebody's show where they were being like super disrespectful about her and everything, but if somebody has like seemingly legitimate criticisms of you, wouldn't you want them to, like if you showed the world that you're willing to engage with people that have honest, criticisms of you then you're kind of muting all future uh, yeah. criticisms like, because you're showing you're willing to engage with it honestly like Lil Boosie I want to ask him why aren't you in prison for getting your son's dick sucked by a grown woman <laughs> like you push pedophilia and and I and I and I see sometimes when I see the dark circle around his eyes I know it's because he has high blood pressure or diabetes I, I could tell because I worked in healthcare for 10 years as a union leader right so when I look at Lil Boosie who's really an embarrassment to our culture and I look at the things that he does um, I'm, I'm just questioning like why is there so many documentaries and hate towards R. Kelly, but you got a whole nigga out here who got his son and nephew molested, allegedly, but not really because he said it. But why is he not in jail? And we're more concerned about his leg getting cut off. I didn't give a fuck about his leg getting cut off. If it would have got cut off, they probably should have cut off his dick because at that time, then he would understand the pain that his nephew and son are going to go through when they realize that their father uncle pushed pedophilia on them. Just an opinion. I could be wrong. There's people out there still bumping Boosie. And if you're still bumping Boosie, you're bumping a nigga who pushes pedophilia. That's real. 
I don't listen to it, so I don't fucking care. I agree that if I had a 13-year-old son or a 14-year-old son, that's probably the last move that I would ever make. But also, okay, you got to take it to Wayne and Birdman. You remember the little Wayne documentary where he said that his first sexual experience was Birdman saying, hey, suck Lil Wayne, little dick to a grown woman. He's like 13 in the story or whatever. I didn't see that and until I started being so heavy on Boosie. Because I'm telling you, people, I watch Good Morning America, Law & Order, and Golden Girls. That's really my world. Some Not even loving hip-hop that I'm on. I don't watch that shit. But I'll say, like, I didn't know the documentary because I don't really know the this work in hip-hop like that. You know, I prepare for interviews and shit like that and read what's online. My team gives me notes. That's what I know. Um, but I did see Lil Twist came on Hollywood Unlocked and said... Let me tell you about that Lil Wayne era, you know, because mm. he was a part of that whole process. And so I've been trying to get him on my show so he could tell me about it. But people did say that when I talked about it. But then again, in our culture, why was that not addressed? Why didn't people uh, address Birdman then? Why? I don't know. Maybe there was an era where it was acceptable. I, I mean, think so, for sure. Yeah, I think even in like 90s. That definitely hadn't oh, yeah. really been thought about. Like, and you still see this conversation playing out online where you'll see, you know, a 37 year old teacher who fucks a 14 year old boy, and half the comments are, that's tight. Yeah, Shout out to him. Yeah. Like, you got some pussy. If that was my kid, I'd be proud of him. You know, but the same argument was ha- same argument was happening around. I remember in high school they have a joke about the baby fat jacket. Like that's the pregnant girl. Ja- that's the pregnant girl <laughs> jacket in high school. Right. When really it was. But those girls were pregnant by the dope dealers in the community who were like 25, 26. So there was that era where it was acceptable. But now we live in a time where what shouldn't have been acceptable to them is really not acceptable now. And so if you're going to cancel people, why not go after the people who've actually committed the law mm-hmm. you know what i mean and if 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 boosie is out here on social media publicly like uh claiming to have been some king of paying a woman to suck his dick and then go suck his son's 12 year old son's dick why is he not in jail i'm i'm just i'm just surprised by that i think that the police sort of understand that he comes from this weird ass culture i mean the other boosie beat you know the accusations of the court case he had where it basically had like paid for many many murders including like one of the the alleged assassin went and got a tattoo that said boosie tell me who's next or boosie who i gotta do next or whatever so i mean like he comes from a world in which he's so not concerned with the law allegedly that someone who he had hired as an assassin could be getting tattoos basically asking who his next victim should be allegedly again i I have no assumptions that these things are true but i mean that just sort of gives you the idea of the sort of like outlaw world that little boosie was existing in and also it's like the cops would have to probably find the young boy and like get him to testify which would probably be the end of his life if that were to happen so that's probably Mm. why it's never gone to court that's a shame (laughs) it's a shame i mean listen we're all gonna die one day if somebody hires an assassin to come get me and wants to spend all that money hey i can't control that what i can control is my opinion and my opinion is if you pay people to suck a young kid's dick you should go to prison i think even in the court case though it was only twenty five hundred dollars they was paying for these murders allegedly that's it right Damn, and 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 little babies paying sixteen thousand dollars to let right? this roach suck his dick. The price of life <sighs> I can't, has like, really gone we, down. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, like us highlighting these couple things, I have to say, the last few days I've just been annoyed with the industry. Like, I, it's not as exciting as it used to be. Like, I grew up in an era. I'm born in 1977. I have fucking. I grew up in the 80s. I was born in late 70s. I was a fan of 
you know, at that time we had iconic stars, Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson, everybody was fucking, whether, even if you were looking at like, uh, you know, uh, Def Leppard and then what was going on in rock and roll with Metallica, like everybody was a superstar mm. and, and they, and social media didn't exist. So we weren't inundated every five minutes with an image or a video or a concept or a TikTok or body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. So we loved our stars. We waited in line to meet them and get autographs and buy their music. And now I feel like there's just this overconsumption of their personal bullshit um, and, and distractions. By the way, you're on, um, are you on Clubhouse? A little bit. That shit. I mean, I looked at it for like five seconds one time. That, shit I got is, an that shit's annoying. We're going to talk about Clubhouse in two seconds. Yeah. But don't you think it's interesting that the only artists that we really kind of allow to reach that legendary status are people like Rihanna, Beyonce, Jay-Z, et cetera, who basically shun social media. You see them when they drop a new project or maybe occasionally doing other things. Or getting their ass kicked in the elevator. You did, we did see that. Right, which you could imagine was probably like the greatest nightmare <laughs> of Jay-Z's professional life that everybody got to see his sloppy-ass <laughs> shit behind the scenes. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting. Like, If you really want to be like the sort of iconic person in the industry at this point it seems like you know never going on instagram live is probably one of the best moves you could make if megan the stallion would have got shot and never talked about it until it played out in court and made sure she was styled up for court when she walked in all the cameras no comment no nothing we'd all still be interested in her mm. we're not we're tired we're over it but the thing was is that she went on instagram live with a hoodie on which was interesting because <laughs> you just had never really seen her like that or at least not often because she was getting so many fucking comments by people who basically went with the assumption that she was lying because she hadn't put the story out there and then she puts the story out there and says this dude shot me and then she has mad people calling her a snitch which if she was a guy that is what people would say. The street code would necessitate that she'd be permanently labeled a snitch if she was a dude saying that. She felt so much pressure that she had to say it. I mean, it's, it's well, kinda... she she didn't have to. These celebrities, as much as they hate social criticism, they feed the monster, right? So, like, you put out all this information and you say, "Please don't talk about me." Well, you're putting it out. When you put it out for public consumption, whether it's a tweet uh, or, or, or a video of you in a hoodie looking like you just came from a jog in the scene of Get Out and then a song, you can't be mad when people talk about it. That is mm. what the consumers do. There are so many unhappy people at home that are on their fucking phones just talking shit all day because their lives are fucked up. Why do you care? You know, the one thing Floyd Mayweather taught me when I couldn't deal with social media was never block a person, never delete anything, because when you do, they won. You gave them power. They know that you saw them, and that's all that they're doing. You know, I don't feed into that shit, and I just feel like as much as celebrities say they don't like it or they don't like the criticism, they keep feeding it. So mm. if you stop feeding it and you cut it off, or if you just go away for a minute, it will die down. Mm. I think so. Well, the problem with Meg was probably that if it was going to die down, it was probably going to die down with people thinking that she was lying and that Tori was more innocent. Than but if she focused on the music and less on what people thought of her, she would have poured into an amazing project that people would have been forced to buy into and she'd be the star she deserves to be. But she's not because she's too focused running around in hoodies trying to take Tori down. Do you think Tori's career is over? 
Um, we saw him blacklisted by like the playlists and stuff, which is about as blacklisted as it gets these days. Well, I've been watching Tori on Clubhouse and uh, who recently 21 Savage and all of them were in that room and said that they all still fuck with him. So, I mean, is he going to get a feature with Beyonce? Is he going to write on any of her future projects or Rihanna? Probably not. Right. But is he going to be able to still make a good career when COVID's done tour, make appearances, make money and live his life? Absolutely. I mean, he's not even deported and he was arrested for violating the law in our country. Related to a gun, like normal people would get deported for that. Rob mm. Evans from Ty, uh, Tyra Banks's um, America's Top Model, he was a, a judge. He's in London. He beat a guy up, and now he can never come back to our country. Right. So why is Tory not? Why is Tory still here? It does seem probably pretty likely that he will get deported at some point in association with this court case, right? Probably if he's found guilty, I'm assuming that's. I mean, that's li- typically how it works. Do you think Meg Thee Stallion sits around looking at the rap game, thinking like? How, because that's the criticism you see from like the feminist type people is how the fuck are all of these men in hip hop not saying anything about Tory Lanez? And it's interesting that, yes, there is this impetus to protect black queens and protect black women, et cetera. But apparently, the desire to not snitch and not talk about another grown man's business in the court of public opinion is strong enough that it sort of outweighs that desire to stand up for black women. Yeah, I think hip hop artists are dick writers and wave runners, and I think that they follow what's there's no trend. None of them are making trends. Kanye West, as much as you hate him, as much as sometimes he frustrates me, frustrates me. Um, in in a lot of a lot of examples in his career, he's created the wave. Jay Z's created the wave. You, some of these new artists, especially with like digital download and just the success of a single, are just focused on what they can do to keep their name in the press right now for this single to sell. Instead of sitting back and saying, this is my chessboard and this is how I'm going to move. This is who I'm going to align with. This is what I'm going to denounce. This is what I'm going to support. You rolling up in the hood, rolling down a window, giving Waterboys $20 to split with eight people. Why put that on social media? And I love Meek Mill. Why? Why? You know we're going to tear that apart. You know people are going to have an opinion. And I think, again, it's like everybody's trying to find a way to be talked about Mm -hmm. instead of pouring into the music. Let the music be the reason why we talk about you. Mm, interesting so yeah when i was paying attention to that clubhouse call it did stand out to me that a i think meek mill just really like and somebody even said this at one point and they said like you know you sound like you basically want academics to go fucking kill himself and that you're not going to be happy unless that is the result which was kind of part of what i was getting from Meek, is that it sounds like you just have no respect for academics so why are you even engaging in this conversation as if you you somehow want to get to the bottom of who he is as a person or whatever i kind of was just getting the feeling from all that too that rappers just hate the media much in the same way that you know like the the trump supporters hate the media and at the end of the day like academics at least in hip-hop is just kind of the best at doing the media side of things like he his instagram account is extremely fast at getting like all the intricacies of all these little street beefs up in a timely fashion and it just feels like you know a big chunk of the hip-hop world somebody like meek mill looks at that as essentially snitching and they're just never going to appreciate that and i feel like in a lot of ways he's kind of dealing with the same things that you're dealing with whereas like you sort of if you build a brand on being chatty and gossipy it's just gonna be very very hard for the the people that you're talking about in the long run to uh, appreciate you or respect you yeah i mean the right people do respect me though and i'm not looking you know i'm not making this diet i'm not looking for everybody to to like me um or want to be friends with me uh i do think though that there is a hypersensitivity of rappers with the media and you know again i'll, I'll use an example i had a private conversation with 
Offset um, at Cardi's, one of Cardi's birthday parties this year. And I had been writing some stuff that, you know, I wasn't favorably positive to him. And uh, I knew he was going to, I didn't know he was going to be at the birthday party. I thought he wasn't coming. Uh, but then I got word that he was coming. And when he, when he was coming, I, I was looking at Cardi's people like, all right, now, shit. I told my people, I said, this is going to go bad because I know he's going to be mad at me. Because because uh, he, although he hadn't told me he was going to be mad at me, I heard that he wasn't happy with what I had written. When he walked in, I said, hey. And he said, hey, man, I don't like the shit you be saying about me, but, you know, you got a job to do. And I just want you to know, like, I'm working on me. I'm doing like it was it was a different conversation. I had so I had already respected him, but I grew so much more respect for him because of how vulnerable he was. He sat down and explained to me the things he was working on in his marriage, uh, that why he was fighting for his marriage, the personal stuff he was working on. And I walked away from that saying that's the fucking offset I want the world to see. So I told him was I'm not going to go out and talk too much about our conversation, but I want to interview you because. I think we think about you as a rapper. We think about you as a headline, but you as a human being is so amazing right now. And and I and I bet Meek Mill's the same way or 21 Savage is the same way. There was a time where they was trying to kick 21 Savage out the country and people got behind him, right? Like use those momentous times to allow us to engage with you and share the platform. Now the street beef shit and following who's fighting who and killing who and who's in what hood and where they live and all that. I'm not into that shit because I'm not a detective and I know that academics and Vlad get thrown out there a lot for working with the FBI allegedly or whatever. That's not my thing. But it, well, I see King Von get killed and I don't know him, but I feel sad for him because I watched my brother die like that. So yeah, I'm gonna follow that story, but I'm not about to create a beef between his group, the Rondo, Hondo, John Doe, whatever his name is. I'm not, not about to start a fight between, because real lives do, will fuck, get fucked off as a result of that. Right. You know, and I've been in the middle of a bunch of friends getting murdered behind street shit and all that, only for a nigga to be in the room with a, with a remote control on his head, fucking tweeting shit out, getting shit going. I don't do that. You know what I mean? And the other thing with gossip, we don't gossip. We talk about the news. We talk about what's out there. Was I on the phone with Bow Wow getting a bunch of tea one day? Yes. Am I going to go put it on my Instagram right now? No. I'm going to get Bow Wow in the room to come tell it his motherfucking self. But if Bow Wow puts some shit online, I mean, it's out there. So it's not a secret, you know? So there's the difference, you know? And I think that, again, I do try to use some... Um, there is a lot of integrity in the sense of like, we're not going to drive this narrative that's going to end, that the end result is going to be this person's going to die. Because mm. I just, I do not want to have on my heart the fact that I played into somebody getting killed. If Tori's saying something about what happened and Mega's saying something about what happened, we got to follow that because somewhere in there is the truth and the audience is fucking confused and overwhelmed. But we got to follow it because it's what people are talking about. Right. Yeah. Like that the conversation that you're talking about having with Offset there doesn't sound really at all similar to the way that Meek Mill was talking to academics where it's like <laughs> I'm sh like and, and you saw Meek Mill slowly sort of like accepting the reality that he might have to talk to academics in a way where they could figure things out like he's just not going to go kill himself because you don't like him like he's going to continue to do his thing. Right. And then he also there's kind of trying to mitigate it by saying like you have your little blog site like it's not that popular you got a couple million followers whatever but it's like you are talking to him as but if his but, shit runs the culture but i and that's why i text meek after all that went down to say when you guys fight with us like this you actually make us bigger you actually help us like you think you're doing something but you have all these hip-hop heads in here coming at academics I've talked about academics more this week than I have in the last five years I've run Hollywood Unlocked. And the reason is because he found a way to create a conversation that became newsworthy. And so I told Meek, 
Come and share your story with, with Hollywood Unlocked. Tell us what you're doing. Let us humanize you as much as we can. We're going to always criticize you. That's always going to happen. But let us interact with you and humanize you, too. And he's getting it. But, you know, they do have to get over this fear that if they don't talk about us or if they attack us, we're going to go away because we're going to still be here. Mm. You know what I mean? Because Meek Mill, in that moment, really, like, in a lot of ways, like, helps solidify academics' reputation for being good at what he does because he's done such a good job at documenting <laughs> the little quibbles between people on social media that Meek Mill had to acknowledge him, which he has done many times. But there also are a lot of huge rappers. Like, I never heard Future say academics' name. I never, obviously, never heard Jay-Z say academics' name. It's like, you know, when you when you commentate on someone or you acknowledge them as the rapper in particular because the biggest rapper is always going to be so much bigger than the biggest media person that's one Absolutely. thing that you kind of realize once you've been in this a long time is like I don't really want to be for the rapper if I don't have to because the odds of me winning the popularity contest that is a public dispute are very low when this person has songs on YouTube with tens of millions of plays and I have interviews the day i was at wild and out walking on stage and they told me that Nicki minaj gave me cocksucker of the month it, it was it was it was like joyous you know what i mean because it was gold it was like she acknowledged me right not really like as a fan but the fact that she now opened up a lane for me to fight with her uh -huh. and I'll, I'll be honest i'll share here like i drug that shit out because it was fucking fun it was fun it was great it brought traffic it brought eyeballs it created conversations was it exhausting and did I did I enjoy it? I mean, it was exhausting and no, I didn't enjoy it. But that's what happens when you have a meet come after an academics publicly and it goes out and now it's on every platform and it's even in this conversation, it just gives that academics more validity and he's going to keep trolling. Mm. Like, he, no, none of us are going to change our business model because we piss somebody off. Mm. Like, let's be clear. If yeah, I've always said when somebody says, are you afraid of being punched or beat up? Hell no. Nah. If you punch me in public and I can get that on film, bitch, I'm, I'm turning that into money because yeah. I'm going to monetize it on my Facebook. I'm going to go and do interviews. I welcome the confrontation. I don't want it, but it is what it is. No, definitely. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think about that all the time because like a lot of people thought that when I had a dude run up on me and put a gun in my face while I was on stream, they thought that I was faking it because so many positive things came from that in terms of me being on Inside Edition and doing Logan yeah. Paul's but podcast. That was, that was crazy, though. It was crazy, but I also, like, nothing bad really came from it. You know, like, I didn't get hurt. Nothing, like, I was freaked out. But then it's like, what am I going to do from there? Wait, I go and what? I do the media circuit and I fucking talk about it because why not? That's the only way I can make something positive out of it. Wait, I just had a flashback. Did that happen in here? No, that was uh, at the okay. old store. Just yeah. Make sure the door is locked because I ain't got no time for that shit. Yeah, no, our security no, that, that was clearances have changed. That was yeah. crazy, though. I mean, we shared that, too. It's same with, like, Boom Gang pulled the gun on me. Like, you know, oh, and, right. and that, that was, was you, yeah. and that was good for us. I mean, it was uncomfortable, but it was like, hey, did y'all get that? Okay, mm. You know what I mean? So I just think that, like, if, if celebrities would realize that we have a transactional relationship already, I have a relationship with every celebrity in the world. You have a relationship with every celebrity in the world because we talk about them. So we already have the relationship. Now, do we have a intimate relationship where we can actually sit down and talk? I would love to talk to everybody we've talked to today, even Boosie. I would love to sit down with them and have hard conversations um, and work past it and hope that through there the truth comes out or they look better or that at least... They clarify why they don't look good. But people trying to avoid it or attack the, the, the narrator, you will never control the narration by attacking or trying to control the narrator because you can't. Definitely. But it, it, it's weird, too, because it's like we on this podcast talk about Playboy Cardi and Iggy Azalea's relationship or past relationship so much 
and they have never ever acknowledged us you know <laughs> wisely because that would just obviously elevate whatever conversation we're having about them um but if i were to have like Cardi or Iggy Azalea acknowledged to me, like in real life, that they are aware of us frequently talking about them, especially because, like, what happened in their relationship was basically exactly what I predicted was going to happen. And, like, just calling attention to the fact that she clearly was not in a position where she was allowed to act like every other new mother on earth, posting pictures with their baby and stuff, and, or even acknowledging her baby. Like, she went so long without even acknowledging it. And I was, you know, calling attention to the fact that, like, look at how Playboy Cardi chooses to run his his relationship just like he runs his music career, where he wants to be Mr. Super Mysterious and not put anything out there. And apparently that extends to his relationship and his child. If I saw Iggy Azalea and she acknowledged that she had seen even like 10% of the stuff that we had said about her, I would be so shocked. <laughs> and I don't really know why. I don't know what it is that there's that like cognitive dissonance between like have something you, have that you she ever met her? No. Oh, she's a really nice girl. I, I mm. feel bad for her because like clearly nobody's really bought into her. And then on top of that, the last time I saw her, uh, Danielle Bergoli, that, that, that bad baby, she threw a drink in her face. Oh, I remember you that. You know what yeah. I mean? And I had to like, I was in, I was, I took her to Cardi's dressing room and I was trying to dry her hair off. And it was so, I felt sad for her. Cause I'm like, you're sitting here like a wet dog from this 15 year old brat who shouldn't even be in this party anyway. She's a nice girl. I say all that to say, she now is probably at home adjusting to the fact that she's just a baby mama. Mm. So maybe the fact that she's not acknowledging you has nothing to do with you. It's just that she doesn't want to accept the fact that she is a baby mama. People told her she was going to be a baby mama. She probably knew she had the potential to become a baby mama. And she's a nice girl that probably never wanted to be a baby mama. But she, it's, yeah. it's easy for people to forget how much Iggy Azalea was supposed to be like the next big female rapper. Like there was a moment where it seemed like that. I mean, they were trying to compare her to Nicki Minaj at the time. Oh, yeah. And for a minute, it actually kind of seemed like she was good enough at rapping and she was hot enough and shit that they were going to actually sort of let her into that position. And then she just sort of came off as disrespectful to the culture a few too many times. No. And it felt like they just permanently decided they're never going to fuck with her. Okay, again. look, I said what I said. And your whole team like looked around the room like, who the fuck is he talking about? No, they were trying to compare them. I'm not Barb's. saying. This is the Barb no, squad no, 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 over no, here for no, the record. No, 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 no. I'm saying they were trying to compare. I'm not saying she competed. Let's be clear. Right. Okay, because there was no competition at that time. But no, I, I, I agree. I think that, um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, she's a good I, 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 I hope the best for her in a way I wonder if enough time has gone by and if some percentage of the world has kind of gotten sick of hearing about how everybody is racist to the point where maybe Iggy has another chance no because Iggy profited off the culture and never stood behind issues that's the biggest issue black people have and and, and I, I believe like if you're going to profit off the culture, you best better be at, you better be at a Black Lives Matter rally. You better be turning your Instagram during at least during that time in, into a billboard of whatever the cause is. Like join you know join forces with organizations, bring up other rappers of color to help. Like do something, but like to sit back and do nothing. Maybe she was misguided because she's from Australia and don't really know. Ti dropped her, you know, said I'm I'm out. You know what I mean? And so I don't know, but I feel like. What, what the big issue, at least in our followers, when we post her is she don't stand for black issues, but she profits off black culture. We're not supporting that. She seems very talented at obtaining and maintaining relationships with high profile black men, though. Like who? Swaggy P? That one basketball dude and then Cardi? Swaggy P and then Cardi. Yeah. I mean, she has a fat ass. This is true. That goes a long way. You know? 
Real or not, these niggas don't care. You, you got a fat ass, cute face. Well, face is questionable. Look at the stripper. What's her name? Miss London. Mm. Put the face down in the pillow. Face don't matter no more if you got a fat ass. Right. The mental image that that stirs up for me of Playboy Cardi just Percocet it out of his fucking, or excuse me, little baby now we're back on. Just off the perks, drilling her out from behind with a face in the pillow and not even saying two words to her. It very much fell in line, and also cheating on his girl. That very much fell in line with like what I expect of his character that he's representing really? in his music and stuff. Yeah, but, but see, I, this is the thing. I just like little babies, and I don't even know. Like, I don't dig into the music that much, so I, I can't say I know what he'd be talking about. Uh, but I do. I just like him. I like his relationship with his girl, so I really didn't know as much. Is he? He's perked out. He does perks. I mean, it has been alleged, and if you if you look up like on YouTube, like little baby doing an interview off the perks. There's definitely some clips where it's like there's this person is zero percent sober, like he's just moving so weird and like I don't Damn. know that shit has a crazy well, ass I mean, effect on I'll me. I'll say this: I I do want little baby to win. I like his relationship with his girl. I I mean I, I like her. I like them together, and I just hate the fact that you fuck somebody that had to tell. Like just I mean no you pl ladies. And some of you boys out there sleeping with some of these rappers too. Play your position. When you get the bag and you getting dicked down and everything is good, why fuck up your situation for a moment on Hollywood Unlocked in the Shade Room? Like the shit, that moment's gonna go away. And then so did the money, so did the dick. I just don't understand this generation. Did she acknowledge though that she only exposed it because she was wasted? And that's what she said. Right. And then that's what she said. That kind of made sense to me. That was an excuse for clout. Like, oh, I was drunk. Okay, I'm I'm back. I'm not drunk anymore. Like, that shit shit me out too because I know a shitload of porn stars who have escorted at times and a lot of times it's been with famous guys and stuff and it's just like I mean the realest bitches are the ones who know that they have to keep their mouth shut about this and that that is the code like and a lot of them take that very very seriously like a right. lot of girls I've even had on here who are just they would never acknowledge that they fuck so and so which you know you gotta respect that well I gotta ask you when that girl tell you that um, o Odell shitted on her did you believe that in the time that she was telling the truth. I, you know, I wasn't actually on that podcast, but I was sitting in the other room listening with my jaw dropped, just like everybody else. So, I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm still kind of processing it. I don't know why she would lie about it. It seems like an insane thing to just make up like that. Yeah, it was a lot. We posted that too. We didn't. We didn't believe her, but we posted it because the shit was crazy. Literally, the the <laughs> mental image of Odell telling her like, "Don't take a shower for a few days. I want you to be nice and dirty when you get off that yeah. plane." And, 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 and if you ever see Odell, his ass is. I mean, he's clean, like clean from head to toe. I don't know in the crotch area what it right. smelled like, but I mean, he looks clean. He's dressed well. He carries himself well. I didn't believe that. That was fucked up. I caught the unfollow from him over that. Really? Mysteriously, he was following me but in the first place. He, but. he blocked me at one point. We were into each other. We settled it. He now unblocked us. He doesn't follow us, but he did unblock us. So you can prepare that. Right. I'll text him and be like, yo, Adam, Adam said, what's up? I was thinking, too. I'm like, if now this kind of ruins Drake for me because if Drake ever invites me over to the mansion, then I'm just going to assume that Odell's goons are going to be waiting in the bushes with a pipe to smash on my head or something, right? So uh, I was in London, and my and I was hanging out with Drake's trainer, and we were just smoking hookah. I just ran into him. I knew that they were there on tour. And so I said, yo, let's go to this club. He goes, no. Uh, his name shout out Hollywood Hino. He said, no, let's go. Drake's having a party. Let's go to his party. I'm like, oh, man, I'm either going to get jumped, kicked out. Something bad's going to happen. But I knew Drake way before he got famous. And I'm so proud of him because, like, I met the nigga in a driving drive through of a, a Burger King parking lot. He was in a Honda with this girl, and they had one working headlight. So he's come a long way. And the fact that he's, you know, he's built a brand off of the music, you know what I mean? The respect mm. for the music and everything that he's added to the culture. And that's why I have a lot of respect for him. But I went to this party when I walked in. Drake was standing across the room. 
And as soon as he saw me, he was like, oh, shit. I was like, yo, you're not happy to see me? Like, I'm dressed up. Like, I came to support your party. And uh, he just put his arm around me, and he was like, bro, like, people are going to be uncomfortable with you here and this and that. But what I love about it, I, I said, look, if you want me to, I'll leave. I'll go. Not a problem. He was like, nah, you can stay, have a good time, do whatever you want. Just, you know, people are going to be uncomfortable. And at the time, fuck I didn't. Fuck them. But, <laughs> as long yeah, as you have a good time. Fuck them. But at the time, I didn't know that he was. Uh, friends with Tristan Thompson. I had just broke that story, Ooh. and then I, I, he could have walked in, and I could it could have been a problem. Oh, actually, Tristan did kick me out of one of Drake's parties once. But either way, um, you know, Drake is a cool guy, and I don't think that Drake would trip. Drake, mm. Drake does. If you ain't fucking with Drake, he ain't tripping. You know, he he not tripping. Drake actually thought that the whole meme about not the girl who got shit on by Odell allegedly, but the other girl Eliza, who allegedly sucked off seven Suns players in a row. Oh, yeah. Drake I, loved that meme. Not publicly, but he, like, sent me multiple memes that he saw on Instagram just laughing. And then it's pretty funny that them same crew of girls eventually came for his boy Odell. That's horrible. Drake has a good personality and a good sense of humor. He's he's cool. Um, yeah, he's cool. Oh, yeah. When she said she sucked off the Seven Sons players, I was in love with Kelly Obrey at the time. He has a fucking fiance now, so I'm over him. But I was wondering if she sucked him off. That would have been the only reason I would invite her to my podcast so we could have got details. I'm sure she would be happy to come on. Yeah, come on. Shout out to Eliza. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a weird one for people because so many people seemed like astonished by the idea of these like seven millionaires who all just wanted to get head from the same girl. And I'm like, you know, that doesn't sound at all surprising to yeah. me based on what I know of men. Yeah. Their bank account is millionaires. They're men. <laughs> men are men. If they have a penis, that that's going to have way more influence over their millions of dollars. Right. I hear it. Um, what about the mulatto thing? Are you deeply invested in the soul? It feels like the Doja Cat thing all over again. Like, oh, we're just going to keep building up female artists and then sort of ripping them down. Yeah, I like mulatto. I support mulatto. I remember back when Twitter first came out 10 years well, I don't even know how many years ago, but about 10 years ago. And the reason I know it's 10 years because old tweets have popped up on me. I said I was the mulatto mafia, the leader of the mulatto mafia. And people were like, you know, at the, at the time they were laughing. It was funny. You know what I mean? I'm black and white. It was a joke. I didn't, I, I mean, I have not heard of more racial shit within our community until the last couple years. I would say stuff like, yo, I want to go find me a, a, a hot Dominican. Dominicans are dark skin, light skin. There's so many different colors within the spectrum of what a Dominican looks like. That's a cancelable statement at this point, right? Like somehow oh. you're fetishizing them now just by expressing any sort of appreciation oh, oh, for them. Oh, they called me a colorist. He don't date black men. I'm like, well, Dominicans are black and I've only dated black men, but he's a colorist. He don't like black men. I'm like, where is this fucking coming from? I say all that to say with Mulatto, when she said, you know, whatever she said and people start attacking her, her for her name, that really is your point. They're building her up and now using that to try to bring her back down and not let her get back. And she had that name the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> now when I heard she talking about she's going to be called Big Lotto, I'm like, okay, the California lottery is going to sue you because they own that shit. You know, stand behind who the fuck you are. At some point, you got to say, fuck cancel culture. This is my name. Shout out to all the women out there who they try to what spin it and keep moving. But, but they were saying the thing with her is that she would have certain brands hit her up and then decide they couldn't work with her because of the name, which totally like, you know, even if she wanted to actually stand by her principles and be like, this has been my name, it's not offensive because, I mean, I don't understand how it's offensive. It describes you accurately. It's a word that wasn't offensive when I was a kid. And I think 
actually the controversy about her has really informed a lot of people that that word is considered offensive because yeah. I would have never known otherwise. I haven't heard anybody say it in 20 years, but I mean. Yeah, they yeah. said they said it was, I've been educated. I'll be honest with you. I'm black and white, and I didn't even know that the slave master, the, well, the slave having a, uh, I mean, the slave master having a kid by the slave and it being a happy baby, they call mulatto. Mm. I didn't know the history of it, but the girl said that was her name. Black men, we all say the word nigga, and we made it acceptable to say the word nigga. So if she says mulatto, she found it acceptable to her, and it works for her and her brand. Why are you tripping? Mm. And if Doja can get a million dollars after what she did, she going to get brands. Don't worry about the brands. That, that, there we go again. Focus on the music. If the music is hot and all of the consumers of these brands have bought into you, the brands are going to come. Mm. People used to tell me all the time, yo, if you say this out loud, you're not going to get this brand deal. And I kept saying, kept saying, and at first I didn't, but now that if we have distribution, we're getting the brands because the brands need distribution, whether they like me or not. So mm. she ain't got to worry about that. That's interesting. There's a lot of hypotheticals that pop into my head here. Like, would it be good or bad for Mulatto's career if she got shot in the foot by a person right oh, now? God. And also there's another one. What if Meg Thee Stallion got shot in the ass? Like someone where I really did some damage. I'm not I'm not going there. I'm just saying, like, how different would the reaction be? Because to a lot of people, it was kind of like, you know, when Rihanna got beat up, she looked like she got beat up. When Meg Thee Stallion got shot, she was walking around the next day or, you know, a week later or whatever, and a lot of people really held that against her. Like, you know, if you get shot, you're supposed to be in the hospital for two weeks. Damn. And, I mean, this is... I mean, I, I got shot in the leg, and I was in the hospital for one day, and it was still painful. And I would say and my brother got shot in the head, and he died. And either way, getting shot is a real thing, and I hope that... More, I don't want Mulatto to get shot. I don't want Megan to get shot. I don't want anybody to get shot. I do, though, wish that, um, you know, people would just stop focusing on these celebrities and expecting them to be politicians or these overly polished brands that are subject to cancel culture and allow them to just do good music. And to the artists, like, remember, your careers, if you look at the rap, the span of what a rapper's career looks like, not all, a lot of you, just be quite honest, are not going to be the Queen Latifahs that last for decades. Like, mm. you don't have it in you. You know what I mean? You're a product that they, they put together, they package well, they taught you how to go out there and twerk or whatever you do if you're a nigga to do what you do but at some point it's gonna run out and look at covid with concerts and touring being shut down a lot of you don't even know how to get money because all you are is a rapper focus on diversifying your talent so you can be acting or you can be doing a podcast or whatever you want to do but don't just if you're just a simple package brand that's afraid of being canceled like you're never going to truly like connect with people Mm, respect. Um, okay, I'm gonna ask you about this to wrap it up. Sure. You you have triumphantly declared that you no longer want to be on Love and Hip Hop, but they won't let you out of their contract. You're signed up with Fox Soul, which I didn't know was a thing. Yes, but it's kind of a funny name to me because it just makes me think about Fox News. But then they were like, <laughs> "We got to do a black version of this. We're gonna call it Fox Soul." Is that accurate? Or you you're trying to get my you're trying to get me to lose a bag? Let me say this, <laughs> um, and I'll say this: I haven't said this yet, but um, Viacom did let me out of my contract. Oh, they did. Yeah, and I want to start by saying shout out to Mona Scott Young, uh, my attorney Daryl, uh, and to the people at, at Viacom. I mean, I didn't want to get into a fight with Viacom. I see when Masika and these other people do it, and I'm like, you know, I don't believe in biting the hand that feeds you, but I also don't know your your struggle with them. I can say for me, when I came into Viacom with Love and Hip Hop, I knew I was smart. I knew I was strategic. I knew I had relationships. I knew I had a vision. I knew I had an exit strategy for my company, but all they wanted to show 
people was he's a gay, messy blogger. That was it. Now I said, oh, I want to talk about my family. No, no, no. Our audience <laughs> don't want to hear that. Like that's too much. Okay. Um, I want to talk to them about how I built my company. No, no. All we want you to do is go in there and throw a drink or say, nah, that's not what I'm doing. They didn't say throw a drink, but they create the situation where you throw the drink. Right. So the first season, You'll see I only did three episodes because after I threw the drink, I was just so mad at myself and so disappointed and so embarrassed that it was even hard to even be in that space because I felt like I had I had became something that I, I didn't know the mechanics of reality TV. I felt like I became something that I wasn't. Um, and so then I only did three episodes. But the next season, because of the reaction from those episodes, I got 10 episodes. And so they kind of rewarded me. And I then played into this. I got more episodes. And so I didn't know the psychology behind it all. And, and Mona never told me how to behave. And the network never told me how to behave. But there's a mechanic d designed in reality TV where if you're contentious and you're in combat, you're going to get more time. Once I got to MTV and I saw I could still get 14 episodes telling jokes, being gay in a way that I think gives people an identity, the audience an identity that we're changing with the times uh, and use my platform and align myself with it, um, with the show that I'm doing, I, I just lost love for love and hip hop. And I didn't want to do that anymore. When they came to me out of my success with Wild and Out, they said, hey, they had this big meeting with all these executives and they said, why'd you leave VH1? And I told them. I feel like you really pigeonholed me into being a stereotype, and I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be the gay accessory for Masika to tell her story. I'm not going to be the gay, messy blogger that shows up and throws a drink on a woman. I'm, that's, not who I, that's not where I'm at in my life. I'm writing a book about my life, and I, this is where I am. And they said, okay, come back to Love & Hip Hop. We'll show your show. We'll show your podcast. We'll show your brother's death. We'll talk about all those things. And so I did go back for that one season because I knew I was setting up my book. God must have forgotten about me. And do you feel like they showed you the respect they did they did but at the time they had big fish entertainment as the producer that uh -huh. it wasn't um the other company they fired big fish this year who also did um uh, uh, chicago, uh black ink chicago because they had lost a show on a and e um as a result of live pd the guy that got killed by the police and then there was a question of who covered up the tapes and this and that so viacom fired them from all their shows which means that they were no longer producing us so at that point i said you know what I no longer want to be on Love and Hip Hop in the climate of uh, Black Lives Matter. It's kind of hard to have combat. And they just said, no, we're going to keep you for three more seasons. I had just licensed my show to Fox Soul and got a good check over there as executive producer. And I'm like, I want to evolve now. I want to produce content and partner and sell shit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they didn't want to let me go. So I started the Free Jason Lee hashtag and that movement, did an interview, and then they let me out. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm free. I am free, and I'm so happy, but I don't want to shit on them. They gave me a good ride, and I appreciate them. And shout out to Mona for fighting for me, because she she went to them and said, y'all better let them out, right. and they did. So. Yeah, I mean, everybody always thinks they're going to change reality TV from the inside out, and then they always end up using you for the, their own storylines, huh? Facts. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, and when you say, like, use you, I felt used. I felt that... As much as they wanted to give me the little crumbs uh, or the little looks, you know, big looks in front of millions of people, the underlying thing was I was still playing into that narrative that I didn't want to be, of who I didn't want to be. And they got that. And and the fact that in the midst of uh, this fight right now for, you know, buying into black and supporting black people and all of the sensitivity around, you know, the death of black men at the hands of white police officers, 
unarmed black men, um, you would still try to fight with somebody who has a voice and whose whole platform is about telling the truth and talking shit. You want to keep him for three years under your thumb and have him and use him as a tool to whip up conflict with more black people. And the nigga telling you he going to go say something, man, y'all should have let me go as soon as I called you. But I'm glad that they did let me out because now I can go and create. And I'll say this. I haven't said this to anybody. I did do a partnership with Big Fish, who they fired to go and create content for other networks. Mm. Because I I'm, I have Gagging with Jason Lee, which is a fire-ass show. Viacom could have put that on their network, and I do that at home. Low cost, as you know, once, once you own this kind of shit, you have your overhead, but you have low-cost production, and you can put out high-quality content and make a lot of money. Right, how did you, what's the gagging with Jason Lee? I'm not familiar with what it's this okay. content is. I could imagine it being, I don't know, something pornographic. No, 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 okay. no, no. Nobody's sucking dick on that show. I'd save that for have after you, the Have show. you ever taken a photo with Drake? No, I don't think I ever have Just because... Him. Maybe not previously, but now that you've lost all this weight, you and him bear like a very uncanny resemblance. Yo, people say I look like what Chris Brown and Drake's baby would look like, but I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. You throw a little Elliot Wilson in there, too. Yeah, I don't know. Not Elliot Wilson. <laughs> you tried it. You no? tried it. You tried it. Adam trying to give me say something crazy, and I'm not even going. No, he's a, he's a legend in what he does, too. Right. You know what I mean? And. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, he might be in the lineage. We wait, oh, so gagging with Jason Lee. So a Nicki Minaj fan saw me get on a train when I went to Howard University to go speak on my book. And he videotaped me. But from a distance, I didn't know who he was. I thought he was a homeless person. He was, you know, filming me saying, gagging, oh, gagging. But what he was doing was saying, they got all this money, but they're getting on trains, gagging. And so people would use that to humiliate me. Like, oh, gagging, which I really didn't care about. But then what I did. get on the train? Right. You're a human being, man. Right. So I went and created a song called Gagging, and then I created a show called Gagging with Jason Lee. I hired an art director for the opening, and now all I do is talk shit for like two hours wow, with, with fans that. interacting, though. That's one thing I always liked about New York is that you would just see people who are like very successful on the subway. Yeah, in public. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not hiding in Neverland. In they're L.A.? Can you imagine seeing a millionaire on the train? You would fucking drop all your shit. You would, you would be like, what the fuck am I even looking at if you saw someone successful on the train? I would, I would feel weird if my employees were on the train in L.A. <laughs> in L.A., I have friends that will pick me up and drive across the, well, not where I live now, but you know, two blocks to the Roosevelt and Valet. I'm like, bitch, we just Valet. We could have walked them two blocks. Whereas in New York, you will walk for days right. to go somewhere. What is that? If I found out that one of them was on the train, I'm like, you know what Brian Pumper's going to do if he sees you on there well it's over do not get back on that train laura does brian pumper have more than one t-shirt what do you mean t-shirt oh <laughs> i think it's a wife beater quite typically. the white beater does he have more than one though as a person who's spent a huge percentage of my life researching brian pumper and i put out a video about him that has over half a million views <laughs> i will say that i've seen him wearing a variety of outfits but they all look like they could have been purchased from the swap meet also very weird how he seems to have a lot of levi's t-shirts Wait, where do, you, where do you get Levi's? I don't know, where do you get Levi's store maybe? Wait, Walmart? So, so I was shooting the opening for this Fox Soul show, right? And uh, we, were, we, had, we had spent thousands of dollars putting the teams together, this and that. And they hired a stylist to come to my house. And this motherfucker brought me a rack full of clothes. And there were Dickies and Converse. And I'm like, nigga, who, who do you think you're styling? Have you seen my Instagram? Have you not like dick, Dickies? I haven't worn Dickies since I used to have this girl I paid go steal them from Kmart back when I was like 15 years old. I'm right. not fucking wearing Dickies. 
Yo, that's just that Levi's thing just sent me to a whole different place. But that nigga Brad Pumper, he does wear the same T-shirt. Same, yeah. same uh, white Peter. He's allegedly locked up. We need people to do some research about that for us right now. I want to know if he's a bottom. I mean, if you're in prison, you're giving something. There has to be an exchange because you're Brian Pumper. You're coming in. You're a dick giver. You're supposed to give it or take it or something. You're supposed to participate in something. Wow. Now you really got me thinking. Because there's like a <laughs> DJ Black clip from like 2013 of him explaining how he is not gay and how he's so good at spotting trans women and shit. And it's just, I don't know. He seems a little defensive about it. Yeah. Anytime I have a guy say, you know, you know, I'm not gay. It's usually after I sucked his dick. I'm just like, yo, maybe you're not. Maybe this was a fluke. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, be who you are. Just be you. If you were, this is the last question. If you were, <laughs> down to expose gay men who are LARPing as heterosexuals within the hip hop community, how much content would you be dealing with? Like how, how many mi minds out there could if you If I blow? told the stories that I know? Yeah. Uh, or even just shit you've heard about of like so-and-so who, who seems like he's heterosexual, but he's not like, do you know a ton? That's, of a, that's a good question for Tiana Trump if you ever get her, by the way. But I will well, I have say- I have had her on and I would love to ask oh, her that she, question. She, that's a good she idea. has some answers. Um, there's a lot. I mean, in terms of content, I don't, I mean, do I have text messages or screenshots? Yeah, I got all that. But like, I think the whole world would be riveted by how many lies exist in hip hop. Really? Yeah. It's weird how I'm still like a kid believing in Santa Claus because I don't even really want you to tell me. I should care, but I just kind of I'm like, man, nah, just let me keep rocking. Just... Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, to the rappers who think that I'm the bad guy. Like, if I was the bad guy, because I've had a rapper, I'm not going to say his name, but the rapper slid in one of my niggas' DMs from Canada. This was years ago, a couple years ago. And I remember he called me and he goes, are you friends with so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah. Why? I mean, no, do you know so-and-so rapper? I'm like, yeah, of course. What happened? They just slid in my DM and they're asking me to work out with them and ask me if I go to the gym and this and that. I'm like, shut the fuck up, you're lying. And this person screenshot him and sent him to me. And I, my mouth was just wide open because, you know, we all know this rapper. And I'm like, yo, this is why they are, they, oh, okay. Yeah, start making some different connections. But I don't even have to be the guy that tells your story. You're out there slipping up telling your own story. Right. You know what I mean? Like a, that dude that he DM'd only needs to be a tiny bit messier and all your shit is out there on Front Street. Facts. I mean, uh, I look <laughs> you at- You want to work out? The, the, <laughs> That's like, just so sick. If you hit somebody up from another country that you don't know, who doesn't right. really have a big social following, who's light skinned with blue eyes and whatever, talking about, oh, you look like you work out. You should come to LA because it's cold out there. It's whack. Like LA's popping. We could work out. Like, <laughs> what? Are you working for Crunch Fitness, bitch? Is this the Equinox? Is, what are you doing? No, you sound like you want to get caught. You look like you're trying to get fucked. And I'm not mad. The motherfucker was fine. So I get it. But like, you didn't know that that was one that I was talking to. I could have I could have been disappointed or mad that you was hollering at my piece and treated you like somebody else and just put you out there. But that flies against what I believe in. I'm not going to out you. So, And I'm not going to out you if I have an experience with you either. So Kelly Obrey or any of you out there who uh, might want to try something new with somebody who can keep you a secret, it's me. Jason Lane, open for business. <laughs> well, I ain't all the way open, but... But I'm open. He's open to suggestion. I'm open to suggestion. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Jason Any, Lee. Anytime. No jumper. This Coolest, was fun as hell. That was super fun. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. And let us know uh, if we should keep having Jason on here and what kind of messy ass shit we should talk about. Yeah, I'm open for it all, except for one thing.
And we're going to talk about that next time. <laughs> Peace. Appreciate y'all.